So it's, it's a little trek to get there to go to their church, but it was a wonderful time. And I don't know if any of you remember uh, a TV presence. His name was Larry Lee, L-E-A, back in the 80s and 90s he was on TV. And his theme was prayer, how to pray, and it was really wonderful. He did some excerpts from his book on um, Sunday night when I was there and Monday morning, and it was really, it was really good uh, to be there in that. So I just appreciate the time away, and I'm back, and the Lord has given us something for this morning, and I'm going to ask him to bless this. Father, in your name, I ask, Lord, that we would get the meaning and the understanding of this by the Spirit of God, that we would listen and actually hear what we are hearing, hear it with our hearts, and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture this morning. I'm going to start in the book of Exodus, if you want to turn to chapter 19. God is setting up the terms here of his covenant with Israel. And in the third through the sixth verse of chapter 19 of the book of Exodus, and Moses went up on Mount Sinai unto God. And the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus thou shalt say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. He brought them from Egypt into the desert area where Mount Sinai was for a very specific purpose. He says, I brought you unto myself. And now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. This is the message that God gave Moses, and this is the covenant that God established on this day with Israel. If you'll follow me, you'll obey my words, you will be my peculiar treasure, my special treasure. In verse 9, God told Moses his plan. He said, I'm going to come to you in a cloud on the mountain, and I'm going to speak in a voice that all the people will hear, and they will know that my words to you are true, and then they will believe you, Moses, forever. But first, God laid out a plan that they must sanctify themselves, prepare themselves for the meeting with their God. God required that they set aside a two-day period of time during which they would sanctify themselves. They would wash themselves, wash their clothing, and couples would stay apart for those two days, married couples. And then on the third day, they would come again. They were to come near the mountain, but not touch it, nor was their foot to step upon it, lest they be killed. 
It was holy unto the Lord. And when the trumpet sounded long, they were to come up to the mountain clean, prepared, and ready to meet their God, the one who delivered them and loved them so much that he cherished them as his peculiar treasure. Reading verses 16, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And in that voice, with the fire, the smoke, the thunderings, and the lightnings, God gave the Ten Commandments to his peculiar treasure there on the Mount Sinai that day in the hearing of all the people. And I'm going to read the Ten Commandments just because it might be a while since you've read them. It was for me, and I enjoyed reading them, so I'm going to read them this morning. And he said, I am the Lord thy God, which brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that it is earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon their children unto the fourth generation of them that hate me. Very important qualifying words there. Showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me. Equally important. And will keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh the name in vain, the name of the Lord in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, thy son, thy daughter, manservant, maidservant, cattle, nor the stranger which is in thy gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord hath blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God made provision here on the Sabbath day for everyone, regardless of rank, regardless of status, regardless of worker horse or whoever it was, to get the rest 
that was needed for the body. And he made the same provision that everyone have the ability to go to the worship to worship the Lord on the Sabbath day. No exceptions and nobody was excluded. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not cover thy, covet thy neighbor's wife, his manservant, his maidservant, his ox, his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Notice that the first four commandments are about our relationship with the Lord. He put things in there for us to build upon to be with him, be near him, be in his covenant. And then the last few were about us, how to live with others, how to respect others, what to and not to do. I thought that was interesting. He covered both spiritual needs and physical needs in the Ten Commandments. If we pick up in verse 18, and now all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed themselves and stood far off. They said to Moses, you speak for us and we will hear, but not let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear, the reverence and awe fear of God, may be before your faces, that you sin not. And the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near into the thick darkness where God was. Is that not the most powerful contradiction that you could imagine the people that God wanted to be his special treasure retreated at the sound of his voice they let fear keep them from communion with God from building and establishing a relationship with the God who loved them so much. How different things would have been had they pressed in instead of pulling out and moving themselves away. Oh, but they preferred a man. They said, Moses, you talk to us. And they rejected God's voice. They did not want to conform to the commandments that God had laid out. And we'll see that in scripture in just a moment. And now if you'll turn to Hebrews 12, we'll bring this word home. Hebrews 12, we're going to read just a few verses from verse 18. If I can read it. For you are not come 
unto the mountain that might be touched and burned with fire, nor unto blackness and tempest, and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that that word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you are come unto Mount Zion, representing the cross of Christ, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable, innumerable company of angels, and to the general assembly, and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect." And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Hebrews 11.4 says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, of Abel's gifts, and by his blood, Abel's blood shed by his own brother, though he were dead, God said, his blood crieth out to me. There are only two instances recorded in scripture where blood speaks. This one in Genesis records the story of God confronting Cain after he had killed his brother Abel and said, What have you done? Your brother Abel's blood cries out to me. And now Jesus' blood speaking. We don't go to a smoking mountain as described, or nor do we go to a man, but we go directly to the Father God who sent his Son, the mediator of the new covenant, Jesus Christ. And his blood speaks not of death, Oh, no, but of better things than Abel's. It speaks of the greater covenant. It speaks of beauty for ashes, of forgiveness for sin and trespasses. It speaks of hope, joy, love, mercy, peace. Peace in this world and healing. And it speaks of that eternal city we read about, of the living God, which is where the general assembly and the church of the firstborn are, which those whose names have been written in heaven by having accepted that sacrifice of blood 
by Jesus Christ, the mediator. And that blood speaks of the God who is the judge of all. And as we heard last week, he knows and he is aware of the evil going on and it is his intent to take care of it. How wonderful. And it speaks, that blood speaks to the spirits of just men who've been made perfect by that blood. Those who've gone before us, those who paved a way for us as Christians to live in this world, in this country, they're there and his blood speaks of them. And it speaks with such love and mercy that we can approach him without fear, without shame. And unlike Israel, God doesn't tell us, you have to clean yourself up before you can come to me. Oh no, we come as we are, for his blood does the cleansing power in us. We come because we're invited by the precious Holy Spirit that speaks to our heart and says, you need a savior. You need a Jesus who shed his blood for your remission of sins. Would you stand with me this morning? Oh, I want us to thank the Lord. I want us to thank the Father God for sending his son who shed that blood that speaks of these things pertinent to our lives, pertinent to our health, pertinent to our relationship with the Father God. For Jesus said, if you know the Father, you know me. If you accept me, you've been brought into the family by that blood. And that blood speaks of these things, the peace, the healing, the forgiveness, the joy, and the love. Oh, Father, we are so thankful that you sent your son as the once and for all sacrifice for our sin and that his blood is now speaking to you on our behalf, oh God. How we thank you. And we thank you, Lord, that our names have been written as part of the general assembly and as part of those who have gone before and as part of the church of the first born Jesus Christ. Oh, we thank you for this hope that is steadfast and sure, Lord, because this blood speaks to you on our behalf. Oh, Father, my heart cries this morning for those that are not written in that book, that blood hasn't covered them because they've not come to Jesus and said, I need forgiveness. Call their name, O Holy Spirit. Call their name and invite them to come today, we ask. Oh, and cover them by that blood that speaks, that they too, O Lord, will be in that general assembly and in that church of the firstborn. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your provision. 
We thank you for your love, Lord, that you have seen us as a peculiar treasure and a spotless bride. Oh, how we thank you, Lord, how we're grateful to you. And we just give you honor. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you didn't say we have to go to a mountain. Oh, no, but you didn't say we have to go to a man. But we can come to you directly. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just thank him a minute. Just praise him for that sacrifice and that blood that speaks of these things better than Abel's. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your love and your provision to us. Oh, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, don't let us retreat because we don't want to follow the covenant, because we don't want to do the commands, oh, Lord. Help us to press in through the smoke, Lord, through the fear, whatever it is, oh, God, that we press in to that blood covering in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, go with each one. I pray, Lord, that your face shine upon each one and give us peace. Peace in this world, oh God. Justice and righteousness, which only you can provide. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah.